This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where personal spiritual growth is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's going on, good people? What's up, man? Much. I'm, uh, I'm excited about today's episode. Yeah? This is me. Yeah. Before we started the episode, we were talking about it, and I guess to some extent it is me too. Um, yeah, there, there's ev- levels of it that are me, but yeah, I think so. It uh, uh, it 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 is me. So I think when I when I read the book, when I read Gary's book, and I took the test, um, I tested in two pathways, equal, which is okay. Like Gary even makes room for that. Um, you don't have you have one or two predominant pathways, but like you, you can test really high in multiple. It's kind of like spiritual gifts tests mm-hmm. in that way. Um, but yeah, so I tested really high in this one and one more. Okay. Um, and so for our, our listeners, this is the activist. Mm. Um, and it is what you would think. Um, Somebody who's not afraid to stand up for what they believe in. Yeah, that's okay. That's a really good way to say it. Yeah. And maybe maybe more to say, someone who's not afraid to stand up and fight for right. what they believe in. Um, so the document that we've been using, um, which we talked about it, we're not sure how we feel about this, but... I think it, it has elements of it that are an oversimplification yeah. Uh, because it tries to provide a synopsis, which then makes it limiting, but it's helpful to at least introduce. So it says activists love God through confrontation, fighting for godly principles and values. They worship through their dedication and participation in God's truth about social and evangelical causes. Yeah, so that's pretty good definition um one of the one of the main important points here is that it's loving god through confrontation Mm. um so there's a lot of things that happen in the world that we would call injustices yeah uh clayton a a good example is you did an internship not too long ago at at our, our partner organization elijah rising uh, which is a justice organization, a nonprofit, uh, fighting human trafficking. They are dedicated to ending sex trafficking through prayer, awareness, intervention, and restoration. That's right. That's right. Um, I think I quoted that correctly. <laughs> you did. You quoted that perfect. Um, so with that, like, can you tell us a little bit about like what like justice in that regard and like how that relates to activism? Yeah, um, I, I think I can try. Um, we're going to have uh, Adam Cheney on at some point to talk about this a bit more. Yeah, he's the director of development and content over at Elijah Rising. He's yeah. also one of my best friends. So, um, uh, yeah, he's going to come on. Uh, and uh, actually, he's coming in in just two weeks. Oh, wow. Uh, we're going to record quite a bit on here, and we're going to record some episodes on Let's Talk. I mean, on, on uh, Pines and Pines, Perspective. Pines and Perspective. 
Um, I'm sorry, he's not coming on Practicing Presence. He's going to be coming on uh, Let's Talk. Let's Talk and yeah. Find Some Perspectives. Yeah. Anyways, um, he would be able to talk a, a bit more about this. Um, but what, what really ends up happening is that, um, and, and we talked about this on Let's Talk a few weeks ago. Um, I think it was on our first episode. What is, you know, you asked me, what is social justice? Um, and there is lots of definitions out there that don't really do social justice justice, right? They don't do it a good service because right. they're, they're all limited to, to one specific idea and social justice is much more than that. So I have kind of condensed it which it's still limiting, but less limiting, I think. And I think that social justice should be more defined as getting things done that need to get done, right? In the sense that um, we see oppression, right? We have to fight it, right? Yeah. That is something that just very broad, that is something that is happening in society that needs to change. And social justice is instituting that change. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So... Um Activism would be to say, and and this is another element. Um, injustice can happen at an individual level, yeah. right? I, the individual person, can take advantage of you, another individual person. Injustice can also happen at an institutional um, sure. level. It at, and sometimes it almost has to. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Elijah Rising would argue that it always happens at an institutional level. Yeah. There, um, there is some social justice things that happen on a micro level, right. like when you um, walk up on, I don't know, for an extreme example, uh, someone being very bigoted toward, towards an African-American and you stand up and... Right. Right. So that that is, a, that is social justice that's happening on a micro level, um, but real social change happens at a macro level yeah. in policy. Yeah. So, um, this is, this is a good like introduction to activism in, in some kind of way. Uh, and maybe, maybe in a few minutes we'll, we'll talk more about your intervention experiences with Elijah rising. Um, but first I want to, we are going through Gary's book here, uh, sacred pathways and Gary starts out talking about some biblical characters that are activists. And he doesn't make this argument, but I want to make the argument. And I've already made it to Clayton. But I think the uh, the biblical character that is the biggest activist outside of Jesus is Moses. And I thought that was so good. Yeah, so Gary brings up Moses in his book. But... When we see Moses, right, we get the story of Moses being floated down the river in a basket, and it's like, oh, it's so cute, how ordained by God. Um, <laughs> and I think it is. Like, I'm not minimizing yeah, that. but Absolutely. We miss the pieces that happen after that. Like, Moses, the very next story we get of him, he, puts his, he puts his activist hat on. Yeah. He literally murders a man for beating someone that is vigilantism that's activism according yeah. to gary right which it is yeah and in some forms vigilantism is activism yeah and then he runs away yeah right and then god calls him back to what confront pharaoh mm. to once again be an activist for an oppressed people group yeah then we see him go through the exodus 
And in Exodus 2, we see him go to bat for some women that are being oppressed. Like right out of the gate, Exodus 2.17. Mm-hmm. Some young women being pushed around by some unruly shepherds, and Moses steps in. It's like Moses is an activist through and through. Yeah. Um, these are the people that when you have a dinner party and uh, something comes up related to uh, some sort of social issue and they start talking about it and they can't shut up for the next, you know, 30 minutes. Like, these are those people. Um, and and in some ways, so so we're going to talk about the pitfalls about this in a little bit like we have with, with every... Um, with every pathway, but I think that it's important to remember that um, we should all care about activism. Um, there, there are all things that that we need to stand up for. There are social justice initiatives that matter. Yeah, and we as Christians should be on the front lines. Yeah, and and that is the call of an activist. Absolutely, right. An activist takes. Uh, social justice very seriously. Um, to some extent, we could see activism lived out in our very own time right now by many, many, many of our um, vocal um, African-American pastors fighting for racial equality. We could see that manifested all over the place. We could see um, a lot of our our big vocal urban pastors fighting against uh, institutional poverty. Um, There's a famous, 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 he's one of my favorite theologians of all time. And this is saying something because I grew up, like not grew up, but my first two degrees are in studying the first 400 years of the church. Mm, yeah. So for me to say that one of my favorite theologians is actually a 20th century theologian named Walter Rauschenbusch who fought against institutional poverty in Hell's Kitchen, New York, mm-hmm. is to say, like, he is one of the greatest Christian advocates, uh, activism, activists, and pastors that the world has ever seen. Yeah. And, and the church needs to be more involved in activism. Oh, Absolutely. There are things that we can and should stand on and stand for. Um, and I don't... Maybe we cut this part out, but let's just run with it for a minute. Um, maybe uh, something that I don't, I don't want to get into the theology and the discussion behind, but I think... As Christians, we should all understand that um, LGBTQ discrimination is not okay. Discriminating against somebody because of their sexual orientation is not okay. Well, discriminating against anyone for any reason is not okay. And that is something that the church has had a big hand in. um, Yeah. is, Is sexual discrimination. Yeah, well, and another one, uh, the church, and specifically the the conservative church, has had a hand in discriminating against Middle Eastern people. Absolutely. In, in my lifetime, um, because of the unfortunate role in 9-11. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, I have a good story um, about that specifically. Um, I'm not going to give names um, because you know this person. Um, but um, me and this one person several years ago um, went to um, a, a little corner store that was ran by a Middle Eastern man. Um, and we bought um, some some Venom energy drinks. You remember those? Oh, yeah, I love those. They were the first energy com- energy drink company to come out with a mango flavor. Yeah. Um, and we bought those, and, and we were leaving. Um, and uh, as we were about to walk out the door, he looks at us, and he goes, so what y'all cut them with? <laughs> like, what do y'all mix them with? <laughs> now, and at the time, um, I was not drinking alcohol. I didn't think that drinking alcohol was okay. It was before I went through deconstruction. And um, I said, oh, man, we don't drink. We're Christians. He goes, nah, come on, seriously. What do y'all, what do y'all cut them with? <laughs> Anyways, um, we left. And that person that I was with looked at me and goes, why did you tell them that we're Christian? Mm. And I was like, well, because we are but aren't you afraid that they're going to like hurt us because he's Muslim? Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. No, not, not at all. And to another point, we don't even know that he's Muslim. Like we don't even know that that he's Islamic. That is a a massive assumption that the people make when you see somebody with that skin color. Right. Because I I don't look at a a person of uh, Asian descent and go, Hey, uh, you must be Hindu or Buddhist. Yeah. Like I don't, like we don't do that, but because of the association of, uh, Islamic extremists with middle Eastern men, we see them and go, Oh, they must be right. And, and automatically assume that, um, people who are Muslim are a part of ISIS. Yeah. Which it just wrong. Yeah. Or just jihad in general. Right. Just, just, just wrong yeah um it it's really it's really an unfortunate situation and you can you can hear it that we are both activists in our own pathway uh that is one thing that gary brings up is there are many different ways to be an activist one of them would be you you might be an activist if you attended a a protest rally Mm, for racial injustice uh yeah good point um you could be an activist um if you even attended um, another kind of rally, right? Um, if you attended, for instance, like a Trump rally, right? It, well, if they were for a religious belief. Right. Uh, for Gary, it would have to be, it's not just that you believe in some cause. Right. Right. I don't think you, for Gary, I don't think you meet the bill if you attended the rally in Austin to shut down like to get rid of the lockdown mm. in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Like, I don't think Gary's letting that one right, like slide right. through, but if you attended any kind of rally for any sort of religious purpose, uh, belief, yeah, you might be an activist. Um, but to another point, if you constantly find yourself on the losing end of group conversations related to major political or social cultural conversations, you might be an activist Mm. Um, because they confront the populist conversation. Yeah. And and what we know about things like groupthink 
um, which for, for the listeners that may not know, um, I'm going to like overly simplify gr- group think for you. It's where it's the idea that the general population goes with the majority idea. Yeah. Right? That's a, that's a pretty good definition. Um, it, it's pretty oversimplified, yeah, but it works. But, um, and, and that is an American society. Yeah. American society. Well, to, yeah, um, it, it's polarized, right? Because both parties say that we're the majority. Yeah. Both parties say that we're the majority and you either, most people fall in one of those two parties and just completely submit to that one party. Yeah, for sure. Most people. For sure. I I will say, I think, um, it's human nature to be attracted to people who are like you. Oh, absolutely. And so because of that, because we identify and connect with people who are like us, same stage of life, same geographical region, all these types of things, we end up very susceptible to groupthink. Oh, yes. And, and that's not to say that it doesn't happen in the church, right? Because it does. What, uh, that that we like ourselves with people like no. us even in the church? Yeah, well, yes, but like groupthink is a thing even within the church. Oh, it's it's a thing in any time you gather multiple people together right. in any context. Yeah. And my point in bringing that up specifically, though, was um, because if you are an activist, you are fighting the, the you end up being the devil's advocate voice to the general groupthink narrative. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, that if if you don't identify with the groupthink. Right. You could be an activist and identify with the group think in some settings. Right. Um, so good good example is right now. Everything that we've just talked about, social justice wise, you and I agree on. Yeah. Right. Well, We're, I think I think we've also had conversations where we didn't have microphones in front of us where we didn't agree and we've come to consensus. Yeah. I think that's um, fair. Yeah. Group think would be more if you were attending a political rally that aligned with a certain set of values and you made a passing comment that was affirmed by everyone in the room. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, It's someone who has a similar worldview and outlook on life as you. And so when you make a comment, everyone agrees with you. Yeah, there's no pushback. Yeah, The activist is the person that always provides the pushback. Yeah, they are the devil's advocate. Yeah, they're the devil's advocate. They're the one that's actively confronting the situation in the name of God. Yeah. Um, and and I'm not going to say angel's advocate. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do it. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm guilty of this. The last church that I pastored, uh, I was the interim pastor at a church, and it was uh, right after the George Floyd, uh, the death of George Floyd happened, and I waited a week, and I've thought long and hard over that situation I wish I wouldn't have waited a week. Mm. Um, I wish I wouldn't have waited a week. Same thing. I was passing that same church when the shooter in the Walmart uh, in Allen, Texas, went around and shot all the Hispanic people Mm. aiming for their skin color. I didn't talk about it. I waited a week. Um, 
And that one, I waited a week because, so if you don't know, um, my wife is of Latinx descent. And all of her family looks Latinx. And um, I just couldn't imagine someone targeting them because of their skin color. Like, it angered me. And so I waited a week. I didn't talk about it. The next week, I talked about it. And it was still probably too soon. But um, I probably shouldn't have waited. Mm. And then when the George Floyd thing happened, once again... um, Probably shouldn't have waited, but I did. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've, to this day, I, I regret both of those decisions, waiting. Uh, I feel like I prayed about it. I feel like I sought the Lord on it. But I don't know that the Lord is ever displeased when we pursue justice. I think there's a lot of value when, you know, we know these verses, um, these kind of iconic highlight verses of the Christian faith. Um, but activists are really the ones that put them into play. And so I'm specifically thinking about Micah six, eight here, mm. right? Micah's written. To, Micah is a prophet to people who are doing injustices. Yeah. And he says, Micah six, eight, no, he has told you mortals. What is good in his sight? What else does the eternal one ask of you, but to live justly, and to love kindness and to walk with your true God in all humility. Yeah. Like we'll say that and we'll focus on the mercy and the kindness and we'll focus on the humbleness and the humility, but we'll skip the justice. Yeah. Um, and, and the Bible project did a really good job talking about justice a couple years ago. Yeah. Their, their video, um, I'll try to remember to link it in the show notes when I, when we go back and edit this. But uh, if not, just like searching YouTube Bible Project Justice, it mm-hmm. comes up. It's a very short six minute video. It is absolutely worth your time. They explain what restorative justice is, yeah. and it's the best. Um, completely changed the way I think about justice. Oh yeah, completely changed the way I think about justice. Um, and if you're even a little bit of a nerd, um, go and find those episodes on their podcast. Um, oh it, yeah, it's those well worth it. Those episodes, I probably listen to those episodes two or three times each mm. because I, I so I listen to podcasts when I work out, right? And I was working out a lot at that time. I'm not so much anymore. <laughs> rip, uh, rip, decent bod. Welcome in the dad bob, dad bod. But yeah. Um, I listened to those episodes several times over because yeah. I just thought they were so formative for the way that I was viewing the world. Yeah. Um, and what I was thinking about the call of God uh, for when he says to Isaiah in, in chapter one, Isaiah confronts the, uh, the people of power in Israel and what's his charge to them. It's, it's Elijah rising's theme seek justice yeah like not just justice not just something that we do but it's something that we should seek out it's something we should live yeah so that's what micah says yeah micah says live justly or or other translations say love justice yeah 
Um, but but what that really means is that when you walk in your everyday life, if you don't see injustice, and or, or if you see injustice and don't fight it, you're not living out justice. Which also means you're not an activist. Yeah. Um, now, does that mean that you shouldn't live justice, that you shouldn't seek justice? No, everyone should do that. That is your charge as a Christian, as Micah just said. Yeah, the difference is, is this your pathway? Yeah. For us, it is our pathway. We feel yeah. closest to God when we're fighting for justice. Yeah. Um, fighting for oppressed people, being the mouth for the people without a mouth, or they can't speak for themselves, giving a mouthpiece and a megaphone to those who no one else listens to. Yeah. Um, this is a podcast that we typically try to keep pretty light and um, more like this, like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just listen to our, our intro music. Yeah, like, like it's... it's it's pretty chill, ethereal kind yeah. of. Uh, this episode did not turn out to be that. <laughs> um, we're clearly not very good at doing the whole chill, ethereal thing, but because not, we're not, both activists. Yeah, not when it comes to our own pathway. Um, when We talk a lot about social justice on Let's Talk. So if this conversation interests you, go back and listen to it. Um, go, go and listen to let's talk. We're going to, um, definitely dive into social justice more on that. Well, podcast. and if, if you haven't, um, if, if you've only found our podcast, I mean, just based on our sheer numbers, the analytics, we have a ton of people listening to our podcasts yeah. that never make it over to our church. Yeah. Um, it, you should check out our church. I mean, I'm no different on here than I am as a pastor. I mean, I'm not telling you anything that I don't tell my church. Yeah. Justice is important no matter what the venue is. Amen. Um, and so if you are feeling um, impressed by the Lord that you should pursue justice, reach out to us, uh, wellhouse.cullen at gmail.com. Go to our website. at gmail.com. Yeah. Go to our website, fill out the connect card. Uh, go to our community page and complete one of the calls to action to join us. Like, uh, go listen to our sermons. Like, I feel like I do a really good job of trying to keep us focused on the justice initiative of being the hands and feet of yeah. Jesus for the gospel. Yeah. Um, and even if you don't live near, right, reach out to one of us. Um, we can help you find social justice initiatives near you. Oh yeah, we have we have justice networks, we have care networks, we can help you, and we have steps and processes uh, for you to go through to become your own well, to become your own expression of that our community. Uh, so please feel free to reach out to us. Don't think geographical restrictions are are limiting to you. Yeah. Now, I also think this is a good segue uh, into the pitfalls. Yeah, uh, of the activists. And one of them, which I think we've displayed very well here, <laughs> is becoming judgmental. Yeah. It, it happens. I mean, we all become judgmental, and we've talked about it. Speaking of looking at Wellhouse stuff, uh, I just preached a sermon on this. It's, it's titled Context, and it's from Romans 14. 
Um, and we try really hard to not be judgmental at Wellhouse Church, but inevitably it is a part of our human sin nature to be judgmental. And um, this is the pitfall. This is the temptation of the activist to become judgmental for those who don't see justice in the way that you do. Yeah. And I think you've seen that from us. Yeah. Um, and that's a good, point. here's the crazy thing. We've tempered our language quite a bit on this <laughs> issue since we've started talking about it. Like justice uh, is yeah. something that oozes from our pores. Like yeah. we just feel so passionate about it. Um, you know, and I, I put it, you know, I blame it on Jesus. There are not many things to blame on Jesus, but this one I blame on Jesus. Go read Luke 4, uh, beginning of verse 16, the narrative where Jesus stands up and preaches his first sermon. He reads from the scroll of Isaiah 61 and see the people groups that he, that he announces that he's come to proclaim good news to. They're oppressed people. They're people in need of justice. That is activism as a whole. If you are literally like I, I'm feeling on a high right now. Like I think my dopamine levels are through the roof. Um, If that is you, pick up Gary's book and read the chapter on activism. It be serotonin. Well, dopamine is the thing you're always chasing. You're right. You're correct. Um, Yeah, go pick up Gary's book. Read it. Um, It's good stuff. but also remember, as you seek justice, um, uh, don't be a jerk about it, right? Oh, for sure. Um, don't be a jerk about it. That I, that might be a pitfall that he talks about that we didn't discuss. Yeah, uh, uh, he might. I don't remember. Because um, I know that you and I can have a tendency. Oh, yeah. He does it right here. Elitism and resentment. Yeah. See, right there. Don't be a jerk. Yep. Um, that's really important, which I know you and I both have a tendency to be jerks about yeah. justice. Well, we can. And we have really forward. We both have pretty forward personalities. Uh, well, you Can don't have. As, yeah, you don't have as much on a it, general basis. It depends on what situation you put me in and what's happening in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> for me, I'm just naturally a pretty provocative person. Yeah. And so having a personality like that while being an activist doesn't really lend itself to a mellow human being. <laughs> no. There there are times that things happen in in society or in conversations that uh, relate to social justice that I feel in my stomach and it gets hot yeah. and I like start sweating and clenching my yep. teeth and my fists and yep. I'm like but I don't say anything. Yep. Um there's lots of times that that happens. Because it's not the right time. Well, and that's important. As an activist, if you are an activist, there are times to speak and there are times not to speak. But also, your silence speaks volumes. Yeah. If you're constantly silent, uh, that lets people know where you're at. Mm. Silence is complicit. Mm. 